My name is Herb Montgomery, and I'm the director of Renewed Heart Ministries. We are a not-for-profit group that is passionate about rediscovering, following, and helping others rediscover the teachings and sayings of the historical Jesus of Nazareth. We believe that these teachings have an intrinsic value in informing the work of nonviolently confronting, liberating, and transforming our world into a safe, more just, more compassionate home for us all. If you would like to support the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, I'll tell you how you can do so at the end of this podcast. For now, we simply want to thank you for listening. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 188 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. It was my birthday yesterday, and I want to give a special thank you to each one of you who, in various ways, either personally or uh, through social media or online in some form or email, who wished me a happy birthday. Uh, you guys made my day absolutely wonderful. I uh, uh, really, really appreciate the fact that we're connected and that you're in some way or another uh, in my life. It was, a, it was a really good birthday this year. So thank you to each, each one of you. Our title this week is The Certainty of the Answer uh, to prayer, and it's a it's a challenging saying. We're gonna be, uh, jump right in. This is from Sayings Gospel Q eleven uh, nine through thirteen. I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who searches finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What person of you? whose son asks for bread, will give him a stone, or again, when he asks for a fish, will give him a snake. So if you, though evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father from heaven give good things to those who ask him? Our companion text this week are Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and those who seek find. And to those who knock, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Uh, Luke 11, 9-13, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, those who seek find, and to those who knock the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead, or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Gospel of Thomas 92, Jesus says, Seek and you will find. And then in 94, Jesus says, The one who seeks will find, the one who knocks, to that one it will be opened. And there's a lot to say in regards to this week's saying. And the passage has been touted by sincere Christians wanting to encourage others to to have assurance, specifically in relation to their prayers. And I believe that that interpretation takes this week's saying completely out of its context. Most Q scholars believe that this saying originally appeared right after the section that we call the Lord's Prayer that we looked at last week. 
And this means that that Jesus isn't trying to to bolster up our our confidence in prayer or setting us up for for disappointment when things don't work out the way we hoped. In the Lord's prayer, Jesus had just called us to pray for debt cancellation, for today's bread, uh, freedom from from testing and trials. So, so with this week's saying, Jesus is trying to inspire hope in that particular prayer. He's not making a statement about prayer universal, but about a specific uh, particular uh, prayer in context. He's pleading with his audience to lean into the risk of being the first ones to to set in motion uh, the economic revolution and then to trust that, that it'll come back around. And remember, as we've said this year, God's reign in queue is about trusting enough that, that God will send people to take care of you when you're in need tomorrow, uh, to the degree that you choose to be the person that God sends to take care of someone else today. Jesus' is saying is, is not on prayer in general. It's, it's specifically in the context of trusting that Jesus' economic plan, that it will really work so that we can let go and begin to share. If we do trust that if we seek uh, this new world of people taking care of people, that we'll find it. If we knock on that door, it will open. Uh, Asking for today's bread, we won't get stones. Asking for fish, we, we won't get snakes. If we know how to take care of our kids... How much more will we, too, as we reach out to each other, know how to take care of one another and and be taken care of? Jesus shared this saying in the context of our our fear or our anxiety about following Jesus in in mutual aid and resource sharing and wealth redistribution and and praying for uh, our and others' debts to be uh, canceled. It it even shows up in the Gospel of Thomas, and, and that this saying you ever made it out of its original Judean context to the more uh, platonic context in in the region around Edessa, uh, that's where modern scholars believe the Gospel of Thomas originated. This suggests that uh, this is a saying of the historical Jesus and not simply a saying that was only attributed to him after his death. And there are a few points of evidence for this. In Matthew and Luke's versions, there's some some difference between these two as well, and I want to talk about that. Matthew, which is believed to have been written before Luke, preserves the concrete economic language in this week's saying. And even though the author of Matthew, he separates it from the Lord's Prayer by a whole chapter's worth of instruction, and I know that the chapters and verses came much later, but there's a whole section uh, there that, that separates these two sayings in Matthew. Luke, on the other hand, he ke- he keeps the saying in the context of the Lord's Prayer, uh, but changes the wording dramatically to, to petition not for bread or resources or debt cancellation, uh, but for the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a, a unique element in the books attributed to Luke. In both Luke and Acts, the Holy Spirit plays a much more substantial role than in Mark's, Matthew's, or John's gospel. And, and Luke uses this saying this week about prayer actually to prepare us or his audience for what will later happen in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit is quote-unquote given. And, and we've witnessed this kind of changed before this year as we've compared the two. In last week's saying, we saw that Luke changed the earliest emphasis uh, on debts being canceled into a personal 
grievances being uh, forgiven. And you can check out last week for more information on that. And and as we also said last week, both versions can be true. They're not mutually exclusive, uh, but they are different. And 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 we these differences, I don't think we should just gloss over as we study. Uh, the canonical gospels, but but I want to talk to you why this actually matters because context associating this section with the Lord's Prayer I think uh, matters uh, uh, very much, and I I feel strongly that when we remove this saying from its context and make it about a generic prayer or universal principle about prayer rather than a prayer specifically for economic revolution. Uh, then our false expectations uh, set us up for, I think, deep disappointment. And, and we might pray for something important for us and, and place all of our hopes in what seems to be a, a magical promise, only to, to watch what we pray for not materialize. Uh, a friend of mine recently claimed this passage as he interviewed over for, for job after job, and he, he asked and sought and knocked only to be told repeatedly uh, that he was not what each company was was looking for. And after the, uh, this series of disappointments, he wrote to me and he said, I don't believe in prayer anymore. I've prayed for jobs, specific jobs, and most of the jobs I've prayed for, I didn't get. Most of the jobs I ever got came without praying. It's easier to believe in a God that plays favoritism or that there's no God at all. I think it's much easier to be an atheist or an agnostic. And his disappointment over his unanswered prayer was only worsened by the the false expectations of of prayer that he'd been taught. And and understanding this saying as a, a proverb about all prayer was emotionally damaging in his already disheartening situation. So so how should we understand this passage? In light of Jesus's year of the Lord's favor, the year when all debts should be canceled, and you can find this in Deuteronomy 15, uh, verse 1, and Luke 4, uh, 19, imagine that you are one in Jesus's audience who both owes others money and is also owed money by others. And you're depending on being repaid to repay those that you owe. And, and you have real anxiety about releasing those who owe you and the fear that those who you owe will still hold you accountable. That fear is real. And Jesus encourages you in, in light of this new world uh, to, to ask, to seek, to knock, that you won't get a stone, that you won't get snakes. And, and say you're, you're one who barely has enough for yourself to survive from day to day. Jesus' words on mutual aid and, and resource sharing, they, those words activate your fear that, that you'll go without if you share with others, and your self-preservation impulses is triggered. And Jesus again encourages you, ask, seek, knock, and you won't get a stone, you, you won't get snakes. Or imagine you're very wealthy in Jesus' audience, and you've taken savvy risks with your money, and you've been careful, and you've overcome bad turns of events, and things may not always have always gone the, the way that you wanted, but somehow today you've come out on top. Jesus asks even you, 
to voluntarily redistribute your wealth to those with great needs around you. Jesus is asking you to to let go of your fear of what may happen to you in the future and to prioritize taking care of people uh, over profit, taking care of people today over profit specifically, so that you can survive what may come tomorrow. As we said last week, um, as long as we've got each other, um, that's the real key. No, no matter what comes tomorrow, we'll survive it. And, and the, the, the fear is real, though. And yet Jesus encourages you, ask, seek, knock, and you won't get a stone. You won't get snakes. And it's easier to interpret this saying as, as being about all prayer than it is to uh, focus on the specific elements of the the prayer that Jesus taught. So so we must allow the context of this saying uh, to confront us and to inspire us to take specific economic action and and not give us false hope about all prayer, but to inspire us to, to, to lean into what Jesus is actually teaching here in this context. And when we minimize, I think, the economic meaning of this saying... We only set ourselves up uh, for grief when our expectations aren't met. And remember that the reign of God is not God simply raining down what we pray for from some place above. God's reign for Jesus is people taking care of people. It's people who take responsibility for people, balancing uh, the needs of each individual with the needs of the community, the, the, the human community, and, and the global community. And, and this would include uh, the care of the earth. It, it, it also, today, it would include the care of the earth as well. So trusting in our choices today, specifically our choices to, to be the ones who take care of each other, uh, will be setting in motion an awakening where tomorrow uh, there will be those who will also take care of us. Recently, in an announcement uh, that, that she would become a, a visiting professor at Union Theological Seminary in, in New York City, uh, Michelle Alexander, she, she made this statement. She said, without a moral or spiritual awakening, we will remain forever trapped in political games fueled by fear, greed, and the hunger for power. And it's by understanding, I think, this week's saying in its original context that we might be able to to recapture a Jesus who also called for an awakening in his own day, in his own society. 2,000 years ago, he hoped for liberation that included being free from what Michelle Alexander names as fear, greed, and the hunger for power. So in this context, let's consider the courage that we're called to take hold of in in these words in cue. I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who searches finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What person of you whose son asks for bread will give him a stone? Or ask, or again, when he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. So if you, though evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, by how much more will the Father from heaven give good things to those who ask him? Q 11, 9 through 13. Heart group application this week. Uh, this week as a group, 
I want you to go back and check out last week's podcast, last week's e-site, The Lord's Prayer, and I want you to look at those three sections again. Number one, the enough bread for today or resource sharing, uh, B, or number two, canceling uh, or forgiving all debts, and then number three, uh, choosing life rather than, than death. And then I want you to discuss... Uh, with each of your members there in the heart group, uh, what what these look like uh, to you personally, uh, and and not just personally, but also as a group, when you apply them to your lives today, all three of them, and then uh, ask yourselves how you can help each other uh, practice these three, and then number three, I want you to pick one of the ways that you come up with to, to help each other this week and, and then do it. So thank you again, each one of you, for all the birthday wishes yesterday. Thank you for checking in with us again this week uh, with our weekly podcast. And however you choose to apply the values that we're considering this week, do so in love till the only world that remains is a world where only love reigns. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Once again, for listening, everything we do here at Renewed Heart Ministries, even our our many educational events that we do in various venues is for free. If you'd like to support our work, you can make a one-time gift or become one of our monthly contributors by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking on the Donate tab on the top right. Or you can mail your contribution to Renewed Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 1211, Lewisburg, West Virginia, 24901. And make sure you also sign up for our free resources and remember, Every little bit helps. And and as always, anything that we receive over and above our annual budget, we happily give away to other not-for-profits who are are making both systemic and personal differences and significant differences in the lives of those who are not presently benefited by the status quo. And to those of you who are already supporting the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, thank you so much. Your generous support makes it possible for us to exist and to continue being a presence for positive change in our world. So with all of our hearts, thank you. Together, we are making a difference till the only world that remains is a world where only love reigns. <laughs>